With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Steelers are looking for a breakout season from second-year quarterback Kenny Pickett. But who is going to be his primary targets? I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the Cutting Room Floor. The Cutting Room Floor is brought to you, as always, by the Steel Curtain Network and Fans First Sports Network. Make sure you're checking out all of our Steelers content here on Steel Curtain Network. And whatever sports content you are interested in, check out Fans First Sports Network. The Steelers wide receiver room has some good names in it. But not the best results. And that's what we want to talk about here today. I want to go through all of the different receivers the Steelers have. Talk about what they offer, what their strengths and weaknesses are. And what we're looking for from these receivers in Kenny Pickett's second year. We're going to start with Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson is absolutely elite when it comes to separation. He has fantastic releases. He fights. He wins separation. And separation equals targets. You get targets by being open. By being a safe bet for the quarterback. If there's no defender around you, then you're a good target for that quarterback. Because even if you don't catch it, the margin of error for that quarterback is higher before the defense gets involved, right? You have to throw... If if no one's within two yards of that receiver, you have a lot of leeway in that throw before a defender gets involved, right? If there's only a foot of separation, the defender's right there. That's a, You have to place that ball better. So Deontay Johnson earns his targets with his separation. The problem with Deontay Johnson is he doesn't turn elite separation into even good results. And by that I mean he has one of the worst yards per target in the NFL while having one of the highest rates of separation per target in the NFL. And this isn't just last season with Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. This goes back when he made the Pro Bowl. He had one of the lowest yards per target of any receiver in the NFL that got significant targets. Like, And the question is why? Because 
the debate we end up with 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 Deontay Johnson is, oh, look at his production, look at his you know lack of touchdowns, which is, is irrelevant largely. That's well, there, there's some relevance. We'll get to that later. Um, but he doesn't have great production from those targets. He has tons of targets, and every other stat drops off significantly when you rate him against his peers. Why? Why does that happen for Deontay Johnson? Even when he had Ben Roethlisberger, even when it was you know a, a different offensive coordinator. Why? And I've got four reasons why Deontay Johnson doesn't turn elite separation into good or great production. Number one is he's got a low catch radius. And I don't mean this like if the ball's two feet away, he can't reach out and catch it. He makes those catches. But he has a small window that is a high catch rate. His bigger window of his catch radius is much less reliable. And that's that's an issue for quarterbacks. Is you, you need to hit him, but you need to hit him in a very small window. And when you're Deontay Johnson, you're quick... You're getting out of your routes quickly. You're getting into space quickly. The quarterback has to read that and hit a small target, moving quickly, often right as soon as he hits his drop. It's not like you can sit there, look at it, you know, think and then throw and hit a target. He's got to do it quickly, and it's got to be very accurate. Or you're getting into a lower catch rate. The second reason his contested catch rate is awful. When he does have a defender near him, when the ball isn't per, isn't thrown, you know where he can just get it himself, or when he gets a little less separation, Deontay Johnson struggles to make contested catches. Now we talked about with that with Chase Claypool being a huge weakness of Chase Claypool that he could not catch contested catches, could not convert them, could not finish the play. Deontay Johnson is worse at that. His numbers are significantly worse when there is someone right with him. He just does not catch the ball. Reason number three, he's not a receiver that eludes or breaks tackles very much. He's not a good yards after catch guy. And last year, I think he kind of took that to heart and tried to be a better yards after catch guy, and he ended up running backwards a lot. Like, he's not somebody who's going to slip by you. He runs to space, right? He runs to space well. But when it gets a little tighter quarters, he doesn't operate well. And I think that is, across the board, the story of Deontay Johnson. He is great at creating separation. But he needs that space. He needs to kind of be all alone. And he needs the ball to be well thrown. For him to make plays. And that's not going to be always the case in the NFL. Also, Deontay Johnson hasn't shown the best knack for finding spots in zone and attacking zone defense, which you would think would flow naturally from someone who has a great, you know, who gets good separation. Deontay Johnson doesn't seem to be a guy who's fantastic against zone and, and knows where to, you know, sit down in a zone and find space. My last reason for Deontay Johnson's lack of production based compared to his separation is issues of timing and familiarity with his quarterbacks. And that that's a big deal. And that is the one that can change the most. 
That is the one with the most opportunity to change this season. This is going into, we're going to Deontay Johnson's fifth season in the NFL. He's going to turn 27. He's going to be 27 this season. The, the issues he has, his lower reliable catch radius, his contested catch rate being not good, his lack of breaking and eluding tacklers, those aren't going to change. At 27 years old, he is who he is. He's in his prime. And he is who he is. This isn't a player who's 23 and can develop. If he's in the 7 yards per target range, which by the way isn't good. That's not like that's like not great at all. That's not even in the good category, good starting wide receiver category. That's kind of low. But if he's in that 7 yards per target range, he's worth it. He's a very good number 2 quarterback putting the ball where it needs to be. He's productive. And seven yards a target moves the ball down the field. The problem is, you look at last year, Deontay Johnson averaged only 10.3 yards per reception and a sub-60% catch rate. And that's how you get six yards per target. And that's not good. That's not good. That doesn't cut it. That's a very poor offense. When you look at his touchdowns, touchdowns are streaky. They don't correlate year to year. But really low numbers give you reasons to pause and have a little concern. Like when Chase Claypool's touchdowns dropped all the way to two in his second season, you were like, whoa, what's going on here? Why did it drop all the way down? The next year, the Steelers traded him, and none of us really cared. None of us really cared. Deontay Johnson, heading into this season, and Kenny Pickett, they need to get on the same page. They need to get down the throws. Kenny Pickett has shown the accuracy in other in college. Uh, Deontay Johnson gets separation. They need to get their timing down. They need to get a good feel for each other so that he can be a seven yards per target receiver. If you see Deontay Johnson putting up 7.5 yards per target, heading towards eight, which is what you want from an NFL starter, eight is good. For an NFL starter, then then you're doing fantastic with Deontay Johnson. You're gonna put up numbers because the dude gets separation and he is a valid target on so many plays. You just need him to be producing better than he was last season. And we'll see. I think that's I think that's him and Deontay him and Kenny Pickett getting to know each other. I think that's the biggest way to do it there. We're gonna cover some of the other guys. Some of the other names on this receiver route, uh, roster that aren't the biggest. For example, Calvin Austin third, the third. This is another separation guy. Now, he has some home run speed. At least he showed it in college. You'd like to see. He's a, think he's a guy that will get yards after catch in the NFL. If Kenny Pickett can get production from Deontay Johnson, right, then he is turning into the kind of quarterback that could use Calvin Austin the third really well. I don't know what to expect from Calvin Austin III. Coming off an injury, hasn't played in the NFL. We, we don't know how he's going to translate. We still don't know. Hopefully we find out this season, and hopefully it's good news. But for him, I, I think he's going, to be, he's going to roll along with Deontay Johnson in his potential. In you know His fit in the system, his fit with Kenny Pickett. If Kenny Pickett can start getting good yards out of Deontay Johnson, then Calvin Austin III has a chance to, right? He has a chance to be that guy too. Uh, we'll see if he develops. We'll see. 
I think Calvin Austin III is really has a chance to be Deontay Johnson's replacement when this contract ends. I think that's who Calvin Austin III can be for the Steelers. Miles Boykin has a low value as a receiver, very low. But he does pull defensive backs on the field. If you try and cover him with a safety or a more covered linebacker, he is going to be able to make catches. He's going to make plays. He's not worthless as a receiver. He's just not a good NFL route runner and receiver. Where he stands out on the field is his special teams, of course, where he's a fantastic gunner. And then he's a blocker. And he's a very good blocker that... He puts a cornerback on the field, and then he can block a safety or a cover inside linebacker if the job isn't too much, like get in his way, keep him out from you know getting to the play. Miles Boykin can do that. And that sets up easier matchups for the other blockers on the field. In fact, watching film for a, a film room on Cameron Hayward I did a week ago, it stood out to me that for most of the season and in most situations, the Steelers had better blocking overall, run blocking, with Miles Boykin in the game than they did with Connor Hayward. Connor Hayward was more of a receiving threat. Miles Boykin caused the blocking to be better. And the reason is Miles Boykin pulls a cornerback on the field. Whereas against Connor Hayward, you can run a linebacker, you can run an extra safety, you can run a cover line, you can run somebody like that. He may be hard to cover, but you're gonna, he's not going to run block him. Speaking of Connor Hayward, Miles Boykin is a plus blocker compared to what you need to put on the field to cover him. He, last season, had a 76.7% run blocking when he was on the field. Every snap he was on the field, roughly 77% of them he was blocking. So he was in mostly in run packages, almost telegraphed. You know, 23% of those plays, the Steelers would throw the ball. And very, very rarely was it to him. When you look at Gunnar Olszewski, he's still on the roster. He has more runs than targets in 2022. More runs than targets. He was a decent jet sweep runner. And he's a pretty solid blocker, for the most part. He's not on Miles Boykin's level. He's, he's a step below. But there are plays where he makes really good blocks and the other plays where he just flops so he's kind of he's a little more hit or miss uh he actually blocked less after the bye week miles boykin blocked more after the bye, bye week gunner olszewski doesn't offer much as a receiver he's not the punt returner you want but he can you know he can fill that if you need it doesn't offer a lot in other special team situations it's going to be interesting to see if he makes this roster. If he makes this roster, it's, in my opinion, it's because other players failed to kick him off of it, not because he's a player the Steelers really needed to have. He does have a $2 million salary this season, so a bottom-of-the-tier player replacing him does save a tiny bit of money, but not much. It's That's not a thing where they're going to cut him as a cap casualty. He's going to have to be beat out of this roster, and I don't think it's going to be hard. It's just there's not a lot of names here on this roster at wide receiver to knock him off. Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller's still around. He's a veteran. He understands what to do from the slot. He can make plays downfield. Hasn't played for the Steelers much at all. And the problem with him is he doesn't offer, like, you know, Deontay Johnson offers elite separation, but not great hands. Uh, not great 
you know, finishing on plays. Anthony Miller is kind of like a Deontay Johnson without the elite separation. He's going to make some plays for you. He's going to give you some hope. He's going to give you a little bit of like, wow, hey, this guy could become something. This guy could be something. Uh, but it's not likely. He's not getting younger. You know, he's he's kind of injury insurance for the Steelers at this point. He's a guy who could step in and give you an experienced player to throw the ball to. I, I don't think he's going to be much more than that. We're going to stop there for the first half. We've covered, you know, the Steelers' main receiver and the main guy I wanted to talk about, Deontay Johnson. And we covered a bunch of the depth options. Uh, we're going to take a break here, and when we get back, we're going to talk Allen Robinson, the Steelers' free agent, and George Pickens. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. The Cutting Room Floor is brought to you by the Steel Curtain Network. Make sure you're checking out all of our Steelers content on the Steel Curtain Network. And also, click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, where you can read articles, information, all kinds of stuff. I put film rooms out there every week. Make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and listening to the Steel Curtain Network to keep up on everything you need to for the Steelers offseason. We're going to look at Allen Robinson. In my opinion, overall, Allen Robinson could be a Juju Smith-Schuster for the Steelers. Now, not 2017, 2018, and, and early 2019 Juju Smith-Schuster, where he was a major receiving threat. And for 2019, for the first... You know, almost half the season, he was on pace for a 1,000-yard season, and he was the Steelers' number one receiver. He was drawing top-tier coverage, all that stuff. That's not Allen Robinson anymore. Allen Robinson was that guy, then he got hurt, similar to Juju Smith-Schuster, who was that guy, and then injuries happened to him. But Allen Robinson brings a lot of what Juju Smith-Schuster brought, say, in the 2021 season. When he's got a very good catch radius, very reliable hands, maybe not quite as good as Juju Smith-Schuster, but pretty close, pretty close there. He does still have some quickness and speed, 
If you underestimate him, he can burn you. He's not someone you can completely just, you know, ignore because he doesn't have any quickness. He's got some. But how he gets open isn't with speed and quickness. It's with smart physical route running. And I want to talk about this because we've talked about separation. And especially amongst Steeler fans, route running is separation. Right? We think route running is how you get separation from a defender, which is partly true. But that's not the only way you do good route running. Route running isn't just, oh, fake this guy out, burst over here, and you've got two, you know, you got two yards between you and the defender. That's good route running, but that's not the only good route running. Allen Robinson shows good physical route running, where the idea of your route is to get to where you need to be, and the defender, you know, doesn't have a play for the ball. Not that they're, you know, if they're, if they're two yards behind you, cool, they don't have a play for the ball. But even if they're up close on you, they don't. Allen Robinson is that kind of receiver. Juju Smith-Schuster was that kind of receiver. Juju Smith-Schuster would work to get the right angle on the defensive back so that where, you know, where the quarterback is going to be placing the ball, your entire frame is between the ball and the defender, and they have to come through you to get the ball, which is pass interference. And when you have longer arms and you have a longer catch radius and you can reach out and catch the ball, that makes it even farther that that defender has to get to make the play on the ball. That's Allen Robinson. That was Juju Smith-Schuster. Those little slants where they, they cut inside, little in routes where they get position and make the defender run through them. Again, like getting, getting laterally even with the defender and then cutting so that the defender doesn't have really even a good option to go and cut off the ball. They, they have to come through you. Robinson is very good at that. Juju Smith-Schuster was very good at that, even after his injuries. So for me, Allen Robinson has that kind of value, but he has that kind of value, that kind of, I should say, that, that value is worth more than just production on the field in this season. And that's because of one of the other receivers on this team, namely George Pickens. And we're going to get to George Pickens in a moment, but I want you to consider that Allen Robinson is a veteran here who runs these physical routes, who isn't a separation guy, but still runs routes and sets himself up for success and makes it very hard for the defense to have a shot at playing the ball. Now, Allen Robinson didn't have great production in L.A., but part of that was familiarity. His last, you know, the last like third of the season, his production went up. And if you take his last, you know, like I think it's five games, and you project that over the season, it's an 800-yard season with seven touchdowns. If the Steelers got that kind of production out of Allen Robinson, it would be incredible. You know, if you can get 600 yards and five touchdowns out of Allen Robinson... You're doing pretty good. This isn't going to be a super high-volume offense. They're not going to ask Kenny Pickett to throw for 5,000 yards. You know, your number three receiver isn't going to be putting up massive numbers. One thing Allen Robinson has a bit of reputation for that doesn't match up with what I see on film from his time in L.A., and one of the places where the comparison with Juju Smith-Schuster fails is his blocking. People have been, I've heard, Allen Robinson, really good blocker. I don't see him being a willing or enthusiastic blocker in his film from L.A. 
He had a lot of business decision blocking where, you know, a cornerback and receiver both have zero interest in getting in there and mixing it up with running backs and offensive linemen crashing all over the place on a run play. They'd rather keep their knees and, you know, they'd rather keep their bodies out of that mess. And so the receiver kind of just grabs a hold of the defender, the defender grabs a hold of the receiver, and they kind of just, you know, make it look good. Move around a bit, shove a bit, but you can tell neither of them is that interested in, in getting in there and trying to hit somebody. You see a lot of that with Allen Robinson. I don't think he's going to offer great blocking from the slot. Better than, you know, a smaller slot receiver offers, and he's fine blocking quarterbacks and cornerbacks and taking them out of the play. Just don't expect him to be a Juju Smith-Schuster, blocking-wise. And now we move to George Pickens. George Pickens has a chance to be a number one receiver in the NFL. A legit one. That's kind of past Deontay Johnson by. But George Pickens still has that chance. And he's kind of the anti-Deontay Johnson. He created no separation. Astonishingly low amounts of separation between him and defensive backs. And yet, his production on targets thrown to him was incredible. Never have seen a guy create so little separation and yet produce elite efficiency per target. In fact, since 1992, 11 times has a Steeler had 50 or more targets and a higher yards per target than George Pickens. A name that doesn't show up on any of those 11 seasons is Antonio Brown. George Pickens last year had a higher yards per target than Antonio Brown ever posted. And Antonio Brown, one of the things that made him great was his yards per target stat. It was just off the charts. His production was high and he was a massive volume player, but his efficiency was always very, very high. George Pickens is a rookie put up higher than A.B. numbers. He's up there with the best seasons of Juju Smith-Schuster and Mike Wallace when they weren't the number one target, but they were putting up massive yards per target. George Pickens, different from Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Wallace, uh, I think it was Antoine Randall-L had a season in there. You know, guys like that was he didn't have Ben Roethlisberger. All the other players on there, and this goes back to 1992, almost every single other player on there had a healthy Ben Roethlisberger throwing to them. George Pickens did this with Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. So you can look at that and say, wow, wow, he could be great. He could be a truly great receiver in the NFL. The problem is, as we talked about with Deontay Johnson, separation equals targets. You can't just constantly throw it to a guy who's covered and hope he can just come down with it. There are plays where you do that. There are plays where there aren't better options. There are plays that are designed. Just get him out there and let him go, you know, see if he can catch it. And if he doesn't, you know, it's not that big a loss. It's second and three. You know, we'll, we'll do third and three and we'll try and convert this and make it a first down, take a shot downfield, because Pickens, you know, comes down with it successfully enough. If he doesn't create separation, or show better route running. He's not going to get the targets to be a great receiver. In the same way that Martavis Bryant could never turn his talent into a lot of targets, George Pickens needs to take that step 
to turn his production into, turn his game into one that doesn't just produce, but gets opportunity. He needs to create opportunities for himself with his route running. He's never going to be Antonio Brown. He's never going to be Deontay Johnson. He's never going to be a footwork and quickness guy who just bursts out of cuts and, you know, leaves defenders in the dust and has two yards, three yards of separation. He's not going to have that. He's never going to be that guy. But he has shown physicality. He has length in his arms. He has some some decent frame size, you know. He's not 6'5", Chase Claypool. He doesn't have to be. If he can learn to run routes, like, say, an Allen Robinson, a Juju Smith-Schuster, going back years before that, Heinz Ward. When you have the footwork at the body control and you position yourself and you can shield the ball, your quarterback's going to throw the ball to you. Heinz Ward didn't have to be super open for Ben Roethlisberger to throw the ball to him. Ben Roethlisberger knew Heinz Ward had this. You know, he could see the defenders behind Heinz, throw it to him, Heinz is going to make the catch. If George Pickens can become that player, that kind of a route runner, he's going to get targets. And if he can learn to use his physicality to set himself up for easier catches and still make really good catches, you could see an Odell Beckham Jr. kind of season from George Pickens. What's holding him back is his route running. He needs to consistently get to spots. He needs to be there when the quarterback expects him. He needs to protect the football. He needs to get positioned so the quarterback can see, hey, the defender is out of this play, even though he's not, you know, three years behind three yards behind him. He's still not going to make a play on this ball. That's what it's going to take for George Pickens to get the targets to be the Steelers' number one receiver. And that's why I really liked the addition of Allen Robinson, because Allen Robinson is strong at all of that, and also understands he's not a number one receiver anymore. He gets that. He's not in position to be a number one receiver. He's not going to be that for the Steelers. But he can be a veteran guy who produces solid catches, gets open, can be a reliable you know, target for Kenny Pickett when other things don't work. And he can set an example, and he can help teach George Pickens to maximize his talent. The big question going into the draft and all this stuff is, do the Steelers need to draft a slot wide receiver? They didn't draft a wide receiver. So now we can ask, who's the slot? And I want to start by breaking this down by snaps from last season. Returning players, it's Fryermuth. Fryermuth, Pat Fryermuth of returning players had the highest number of slot snaps. And then when you look at the percentage of his total snaps where he lined up in the slot on passing plays... It's, it's Pat Fryermuth. Behind him, it goes Gunnar Olszewski, then Connor Hayward, Miles Boykin, and then you get to Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, who played decent numbers in the slot, but that's in different formations. That's in bunch formations and in four receiver sets where you you know you throw a Fryermuth outside or a Najee Harris out wide and put them in the slot just to get a matchup difference. That's not a slot receiver. That's just you know. Everyone plays some in the slot. Now, when you look at the players they've added and are coming back, you've got Calvin Austin the third. You've got uh, Darnell Washington, who played in the slot a decent in Georgia. 
I don't think Darnell Washington's a big slot threat, and I think Calvin Austin III is for more of a four-wide receiver set player. He's going to be there in bunches, things like that, where, where he has some interesting releases, he has some interesting uses. He can be a threat for a jet sweep, stuff like that. That's where that's kind of where you want Calvin Austin III. But as a true slot receiver, really you have Fryermuth and Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson played roughly, he's played between 30 and 40% of his snaps in the slot the last four seasons. His highest being 2019, where it was slightly over 40%. So my thoughts on the slot receiver position is, you got to start with Robinson. And then number two is Fryermuth. The number two guy is going to be Fryermuth. He's just so deadly when he's in the slot and moving around like that. I think Hayward's going to get a lot of play there, and then you're going to also see, you know, if Olszewski makes it him, uh, you're going to see CA3, Calvin Austin III there. Those those are your guys in the slot. But really, this, this season to me, this season to me is a George Pickens season. The way the Steelers are set up, is for a lot of running the ball and a lot of playing off of their running the ball. Not necessarily with play action, but with RPOs, which work similarly and have a similar kind of threat balance. And so I think you're going to see a guy like Deontay Johnson, if he can create separation and the run game can pull defenders up to the line of scrimmage. Deontay Johnson has a real chance to shine. He's just, you know, him and his quarterback have to get on the page and same page and Deontay Johnson has to execute. He's got to finish plays. He will have a ton of opportunity. And by the same measure, George Pickens, if he gets some route running going and create opportunities for himself, he's the story. But it's going to be those two. Those are your receivers. Death behind them, not such a big deal. Because the Steelers are four deep at tight end, really. Last year, second half of the season, they were better with Zach Gentry on the field than with a slot receiver. It was better for them to have Pat Fryermuth and Zach Gentry on the field rather than have a Pat Fryermuth and a Steven Sims. And I think you're going to see a similar dynamic this season, especially with Darnell Washington added into this equation. Connor Hayward heading into his second season. You're going to see a lot more plays with just two wide receivers on the field. And I think that's a good thing because if you're setting up Deontay Johnson and George Pickens for success and they're growing like they should be, this dealer's offense could improve a great deal. Just by running the ball better and creating more with those two wide receivers. That's my show for today. This is kind of a little series we're doing here. We did the offensive line last week. We did wide receivers this week. We'll see who we do next week. We'll stick with the offense until we're through it. So it'll be one of the other offensive positions. Make sure you're checking in next week to find out which one that is and uh, and get a little more in-depth into this roster. Hope you enjoyed the show today. Thank you very much for listening. I love talking, coming on here talking Steelers football with you. So thank you for listening and allowing me to do that. Make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and all the podcasts on the Steel Curtain Network. 
As always, have a great week, and let's go Steelers. Steelers.